Hello, church family, and welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. This week is a tough topic for most pastors to preach on, and that is generosity and giving. I think it's hard because there are so many televangelists out there asking for money so they can continue their lavish lifestyles. Here at Leroy UMC, we ask because we can see how God can multiply the donations we receive. Not so the giver will get back tons of money for their faithfulness, but because we have seen what good, God-hearted Christians can do for those in need when projects and mission trips get funded. Here's Pastor Matthias. Well, friends, this morning as we continue through our Lenten uh, season, we are continuing with our Lenten series, uh, Lent, Expect More. And as we've shared each Sunday, the basic idea of this series is that Lent, it's not just a time of sadness and uh, kind of somber tones. It's a time when Christians are invited to commit themselves to new habits, new disciplines, new ways of life, because we expect more out of life. We expect the new life that Christ Jesus has. Lent is a time of renewal and commitment as we expect more. And we have been taking a look at, I guess, the six most fundamental or basic things that our God expects of us as we expect more out of life. Uh, We've taken a look at worship and prayer, and this morning we are taking a look at maybe the most uncomfortable. I said prayer was uncomfortable because we always get that wonderful silence after asking who wants to pray, but this morning might be something that God expects that's even more difficult for us to wrestle with. Uh, We are talking about money, about resources, about generosity, and God's expectation that we be generous. And as we keep following the Israelites on their trip uh, from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai through the wilderness, our reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, uh, skipping around a little bit, verses 1 to 4 and then 13 to 21. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. 
This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs. An omer to a person, according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. And morning by morning they gathered it, as much of it as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, they melted. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, our rock and our redeemer, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's never a good sign when you find yourself in a place called the wilderness of sin. It's kind of like reading, and they led Jesus to Golgotha, which means place of the skull. It's a name that should give you a not-so-subtle hint that things are not going to go well here. The wilderness of sin is the barren, desolate wasteland that the Israelites found themselves in not long after leaving the waters of Marah. And there the people once again complain, but this time not for lack of water, but for lack of food. If only we had died back in the land of Egypt when we ate our fill of bread and sat by our flesh pots, they say. And once again, God hears them and reaches out to help, only this time God responds in a very peculiar way. God tells Moses and says, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. God is going to feed the people but on a daily basis. Each morning, God will make sure that every person has just enough food, just enough bread for that day, meaning that God is going to leave the people with no choice but to trust God completely. They will have to pray, give us this day our daily bread, quite literally. I doubt anyone got very much sleep that first night knowing that they would only have food to feed their children in the morning if God kept God's word. But as the story goes, when the people woke up, they found that God had. The people woke up and discovered a fine, flaky substance covering the ground all around the camp. And when Moses said, it's bread, Everyone went out, and as verse 18 reports with a kind of miraculous wonder, they all gathered as much as each of them needed. And it happened again the next day, and the day after that, and the day after that. 
every day, people gathering all that they needed. And as the people learned more and more what it meant to trust God, the people learned more and more what it meant to care, not just for themselves, but for others. That might be my favorite detail about this story, and maybe you caught it. In verse 16, Moses tells the people to gather according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own meaning that after each person made sure that they had what they needed, each person had to make sure that those around them had what they needed. That's the thing about generosity. It's when we trust that there will be enough for what we need, that we are able to experience the unique joy that comes from making sure they have what they need. God wasn't just teaching the people how to trust him. God was teaching the people to look at the wilderness around them with a vision of generosity. But not everyone saw it. While some were learning what it feels like to be content in order to give, to trust, in order to be generous, others felt only fear. Some were scared, scared of not having enough, scared of not making it, scared of being vulnerable. There were some who ate to the bottom of their one portion of bread that they needed and felt it wasn't enough, they wanted more. And so there were some who went out to gather again and again, who created stockpiles, who began hoarding as much as they could collect, building as much security as they could, because there were some in the camp who looked at that same wilderness, not with a vision of generosity, but a vision of scarcity. That was one of the first lessons that the people learned in the, in the wilderness. That in the wilderness of this world, there are some who expect scarcity, and there are those who expect to be generous. 4,000 years after the wilderness of sin, that's Still, how people tend to look at the world with a vision of scarcity or with a vision of generosity. Of course, we know that God wants us to be generous, to trust God, to live simply, to help others. That's a given. Saying God wants you to be generous is kind of like saying God wants you to be nice. It's one of those duh statements. We know God wants us to be generous. The only problem is we also all know that little voice that anxiously wonders, will there be enough bread tomorrow? We know that we should be generous, but what if the stock market crashes in the next few weeks? What if my 401k plummets? What if the factory closes? What if my family has unexpected medical bills? What if there's not enough? What if there's no bread in this wilderness tomorrow? morning. We should trust and get caught up in the joy of giving, but in the wilderness of life, it is so very easy to get swept up in the fear of not enough. 
And you don't even have to look very far to know that that's true or to see what those two visions of life and visions of the world look like. Right now, every day, people all over the globe are watching scenes from a terrifying war while listening to reports about global economic turmoil and seeing such horror and such uncertainty, many have responded with fear. By stockpiling groceries, by loading up on gas, by anxiously selling off investments, by nervously gathering all that they can as they look around at the world with a vision of scarcity. But that's not how everyone is seeing this wilderness. Amid all the bad news that we've been hearing over the past few weeks, I have loved hearing stories about how train stations in Poland, where Ukrainian refugees show up every day, sometimes on an hourly basis, how those train stations have been packed to capacity with volunteers, people who drove in from all over Europe and who now stand around holding signs saying, I can take three to England. I can house four in Amsterdam. I can get six to Germany. I even read one story about an American man who flew to Poland to personally hand out extra money, giving $100 bills to refugees, telling them to get a hotel room, food, a train ticket, making sure they had whatever they needed because he had what he needed. All over the world, people see struggles. People see the uncertainty of this wilderness we find ourselves in now and all over the world. People who aren't sure if there will be enough are busy gathering all that they can as they look with the eyes of scarcity, while those who trust in what they need are finding ways to reach out, to care, to help, to give as they look with eyes of generosity. That is the lesson God had the Israelites, or God had for the Israelites when they ran out of bread in the wilderness of sin. And that is the lesson our God still has to teach us in the wilderness of today. Our God invites us to trust because, as Henry Nouwen observed, the pressure in our culture to secure our own future and to control our lives as much as possible does not find support in the Bible. God knows our need for security, and God is concerned that because security is such a deep human need, we do not misplace our trust in things or people that cannot offer us real security. Our God expects us to trust that we will be able to gather what we need for tomorrow because God expects us to see not what we want so much as what we can do. What greater miracles we can be a part of, what bread we can give to those who are in the tent with us, what impact we can have on someone else's life. And that's not only the lesson, that's 
the unexpected good news that the people found in the wilderness, surrounded by nothing but barren emptiness with every reason to be afraid and every right to think of themselves first, the Israelites learned not only what it means to trust God, but what it means to be a people of generosity and purpose instead of a people of scarcity and fear. The real miracle of the desert wasn't finding bread, wasn't finding the manna. It was discovering that our God has not called us to be driven by the terrible words, not enough, but our God has called us to know the peace that says, I have what I need, and the grace that asks, do you have what you need? That's what our God expects of us as people not of fear, but of faith. Expects that we not only worship, not only pray, but that we find ways every single day, great and small, to be generous, to give as much as we get, to care for those who are next to us in the tent. That's the reason we have an offering every Sunday. That's the reason, it always amazes me, the time of offering has been a part of Christian worship since the very beginning. The offering is as old as reading scripture or praying because every time we gather together as the people of God, we set aside some way when we can have a real impact, trust God and reach out to feed others. That's why we tithe and commit a portion of everything we earn to the Lord because tithing, maybe better than anything else, forces us to trust in the God who cares. That's why we volunteer our time, volunteer our gifts, volunteer our skills, why we serve, why we give of all that we have and all that we are. We give because we expect to hear more than the world's voices of fear we expect to hear God's voice of hope tell us each morning, don't worry, you will gather all that you need. So in just a moment, after we pray, as usual, we're going to have our highlight video, except this morning, our highlight video is a little bit different. This morning, we aren't shining a spotlight on any particular ministry, but this morning we're showing all that Alexio, our church family app we keep talking about, all that it can do and that shows how you can give electronically or even set up a recurring gift. And then, as we do every Sunday, I'm going to invite you to give. There's no obligation, no demand, no absolute requirement that you give to us or to any nonprofit. It's entirely up to you. But every Sunday, as part of our time with God, we will always ask, no matter what uncertainties we face or what wilderness we find ourselves in, because the good news is, we are the ones who have heard the voice of the Lord in the wilderness. We are the ones who know our God can be trusted, and every time we gather, we are the ones who do something real to share bread with the neighbor, 
the youth group student, the blood drive donor, the feed my sheep child who is hungry and who is in the tent with us. It's never a good sign when you find yourself in a place called the wilderness of sin, and it's never a good sign when you find yourself in a world of wars and uncertainties like this one. But there is good news to be found out in the wilderness. Good news that we do not walk by the vision of scarcity that says, will there be enough for me? But we live by the vision of generosity that trusts that in the morning, I will have what I need, and then asks, do they have what they need? We are people who expect to be generous because in the end, we are people who expect to find life in any wilderness. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. Holy God, in this wilderness, may you give us the humility to know what we need instead of what we want. In this time of uncertain tomorrows, may you grant us the faith to trust that there will be bread in the morning. And in this world of scarcity, Lord, show us the vision of generosity that makes us servants, not of ourselves, but servants of you. God, help us to be generous, to care, to give, to support ministries greater than ourselves, to be part of things greater than our wants. And God, let us reach out with all that we have and all that we are that we might care for one another and give ourselves to you completely in this wilderness as we give ourselves to one another. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you are blessed and are a blessing. Go in peace.